0: coming up next on Better Place Project.
1: And so, you know, healing is still the foundation for me because when we heal ourselves, we create more space and it's that space that gives us the inspiration and the energy and the real kind of motivation to go out and be a force of good in the world. And that is so, so needed. But it starts with ourselves because if we don't have that sense of enoughness and we're burning out, doing stuff for other people or for the world, eventually we we, we can't keep going. And if we want to make it sustainable, then I think we have to start with ourselves. And, And that's why, for me, to make the world a better place, it starts with, you know, us. And it starts with really connecting with our humanity, connecting with our hearts, connecting with what makes us who we are as individuals but also who we are collectively because we are connected we are united whether we like it or not we can put up walls and we can think there are barriers and we can look at our differences but when we look through the eyes of love we realize that you know you are made up of the same five elements as i am and as every living
0: organism is make the world a better place
2: the I'm feeling better now because I was hangry for the last couple of hours. Uh, we did some recordings before this, and my stomach was growling so much. So hopefully my mic didn't pick it up.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've had a busy morning. We've already recorded two full podcasts this morning, including this one that we're going to talk about right now. So
2: As soon as we got done, I just had some avocado toast, and it was good. It solved all my problems. <laughs>
0: It's I solved all your problems.
2: <laughs> well, normally I was going to say, normally when I have avocado toast, I'll just like have it on some basic like whole grain bread or whatever, Ezekiel, which is great. That that bread is fine. But today I used rustic bread for it mm. and that's a real game changer.
0: A game changer. I don't even
2: know what rustic bread is really. What
0: exactly is it?
2: It's just like it. I don't know, like a thicker cut of bread. And it. I feel like it's more fresh. Does it have
0: like seeds on it? And yeah, like seeds and,
2: and all that good stuff. Uh, but it feels like a fresh loaf. I got it from the Whole Foods.
0: Now do you put any like, like I love black pepper on avocado toast. Mm. Do you do that?
2: Uh, black pepper is pretty basic, in my opinion. Oh, dress it up a little bit oh, more. <laughs> I
0: had no idea. You're an av- avocado toast snob, are we? So what? what else? We're talking like tomatoes and chopped onions, or what do you put in it?
2: Yeah, so I mean, tomatoes is great. Uh, This morning I had it with pickled onions and lemon pepper.
0: Oh my gosh. Look at you. So this concludes our episode to make the world a better place. Avocado toast with pickled (laughs) onions and lemon pepper. Woohoo.
2: Yes. That's the way to go for sure.
0: So Aaron, I have a couple, uh, a couple new, a couple new really bad jokes. All right. Did you know? (laughs)
2: Did you hear the enthusiasm that I just expressed to you (laughs) when you told me that?
0: (laughs) Yes, but as I've done your entire life, I chose to ignore your failure to appreciate the genius of a really bad dad joke. So here we go. Did you know you can actually listen to the blood in your veins? No. You can, but you have to listen very closely. Very what? You have to listen very closely.
2: Oh, very closely. Okay, varicose veins. Come one. on, varicose.
0: Oh my good gosh! one. So, Aaron, I was kidnapped by a mime once. M I M E. He did unspeakable things to me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love the silence that's followed by it too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, but. That's good. I have a homemade one here. Okay, this is a Steve Norris original. What do you call a herd of deer that studies astronomy while drinking coffee? Starbucks.
2: <laughs> wow. Uh, a homemade joke? Is that what you call it? Yeah, a homemade joke. that you come up with on your own? Yeah, it's a homemade wouldn't joke? Wouldn't that be a
0: homemade joke? <laughs> I would think so.
2: I guess, but I mean, people use that like referring to food and stuff.
0: No, no, no. It's a homemade absolutely joke. jokes are homegrown, homemade, a Steve homegrown. Norris original.
2: <laughs> Locally produced too.
0: Absolutely. Locally produced organic dad jokes by Steve Norris. Okay, enough of that. I'm sure our listeners are dying with laughter and their stomachs are hurting with pain. So let's spare them any more misery. Aaron, tell us who we have this week.
2: Hema the heart whisperer, is one of the UK's most prestigious psychologists, a renowned speaker on heart wisdom, human consciousness, spirituality, health, energy medicine, and the science of Ayurveda. For almost 30 years, she's been practicing as a psychologist and life leadership mentor. She's worked with creatives to CEOs, helping them connect to their own personal truth and build towards a life of joy, love, mindfulness, and prosperity. Her philosophy is built on the wisdom that once heart, mind, body, and soul are integrated and aligned, people can achieve optimal well-being, creativity, and success. Hema is known for seeing the problem behind the problem and recognizing deeply held blocks to allow for lasting change. She leads international retreats, which are fully immersive workshops and events that align and restore heart, mind, and body. Her signature heart renaissance, Path to Prosperity, experience in Kerala celebrated its 10th anniversary in January 2020. This was a really good conversation, and her talking about aligning our heart, mind, and body intelligence and finding our inner truths is something that I am trying to integrate more of in my life.
0: Yeah, with Hema, everything truly is about the heart. And like you said, aligning that heart and earth energy. And for for those of you that this is maybe all new to you, I urge you to give it a chance because this has taken me quite quite a bit of time in my journey to kind of open myself up to really considering some of these ideas about connectivity to our heart and nature and our and mindfulness and all of these things are relatively new for me on this journey stick with it and it may just it may just make your day and it may just change your life I really feel that it's made a such a positive impact on my life and Hema we've had this episode booked for months as we talk about in the episode so we could not be more excited for you to hear our conversation with her let's jump right to it our conversation with Hema Vias. Make the world a Hello, Hema. Welcome to the show.
2: Hi, Steve. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on. Thanks, Erin.
0: We have been so excited. It, it, first of all, you are one busy woman. We've had you booked for months, and I like August would come. Oh, I think we've got Hema this month. No! <laughs> September would come. Yeah, I think we have Hema this month. Damn it, she's not this <laughs> much either. Finally, we've got Hema on the show. My gosh, we are so excited. Aaron and I are are big fans. Yeah. Of your work and so many of the things that you talk about are things that Aaron and I are are learning ourselves, and our listeners are learning right along with us. So, so we're so happy to have you. Thank you so much.
1: Amazing, great to be here. Thanks.
0: So, can we start? Talking a little bit about your childhood first, and if you can tell us about an accident that you had as a young girl that sounds like it uh, gave you a bit of an out-of-body experience and opened you up to some some new things in your life.
1: Uh, Absolutely. So, yes, I think I was around 13, 14, and uh, I just got hit by a car, and all I remember is lying on the floor and somehow my consciousness sort of left my physical body and was following my friends who had just left. So we just separated. We were sort of walking home from school. They'd gone in a different direction to me. And I found myself following them and trying to get their attention to sort of come back and find me because I was clearly alone and on the ground. And, And also, what I remember is being able to hear exactly what they were talking about. I mean, I heard word for word their conversation and, you know, and I followed them for maybe maximum two minutes, maybe three minutes, but it seemed like a really long time at the time. And then eventually I went straight back into my body and woke up to paramedics and, um, you know, taking me into the ambulance. And then the next day or a couple of days when I was much better, because I'd broken my leg, um, I remember my friends coming in and me asking them, and they were completely in shock. But for me, it felt so natural. For me, it was like, well, yeah, of course, I was trying to get your attention, but you couldn't hear me. And that was a moment of real clarity on lots of levels if I can share with you, number one was that I realized that I was different. I I realized that other people found it far more shocking or they were in a bit of disbelief. They couldn't quite believe it. It was only when I relayed the kind of whole conversation that they were going, okay, that's really weird. That's exactly what we were talking about, but they still didn't quite believe it. And so I realized that then in that moment, I'm a believer. And I think that's beautiful because when we believe, then I think the world opens up and it expands into possibilities that we may not have considered before. So that was number one. But the other thing was that I realized that we are absolutely not our bodies, We are not our minds. We are so much more. The fact that I could act to, you know, some part of me could leave that physical body that was in tremendous amount of pain because the legs were broken. The leg was broken in several places. Um, But I felt no pain. I felt no pain because my consciousness was off somewhere else, focusing on something else that I felt like I needed to do. which was to try and get some help. And so I was still trying to help myself, which was really interesting. And so it was really, you know, a big realization. And it actually, it really helped me through my education because I met a lot of resistance through my university and my courses where people didn't accept my point of view. So when I talked about the fact that the mind, body, heart are all connected, people didn't accept that that was the truth. And they were like, no, no, you have to separate it and there's behavior and there's motivation and there's body and there's you know physiology. And I was trying to say, no, it's all one and it's all connected. And I knew experientially that I was right because I experienced it for myself. And you can't take away the learning that you get from an experience. And so that was really, really powerful. It was not an easy ride, not an easy journey to fight a lot of the resistance, but I learned very quickly to trust myself at that point. And that was
2: incredibly powerful. Yeah.
0: Sounds like it. And and then as I had read that you then went on to, basically, a, you're a, an academic, you were working in corporate America, you were just trying to, to live the life that we all kind of live, and, but, but still getting sucked into everyday work life, everyday corporate America. And there was another incident that happened in your life that you talk about a moment of synchronicity that you experienced revolving around a dream that you had. Can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. But can I just say, I, um, I didn't actually work in corporate America, corporate England. I'm based in the UK, so.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're okay. right about that. Yeah, it just sort of, <laughs> of <laughs> slips off
1: the tongue, so I
2: understand where that came from, yeah. But yeah. Whoops. <laughs>
0: corporate world, I should say.
2: Yeah, yeah uh, that's a better term for it. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: Thanks for the clarification. No problem,
1: but yeah, so I don't want people to think, oh, when did you work in corporate America? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> when did you move? No, you're right. When did exactly. you move? We're just so used to saying that here is kind of just a metaphor for just the day job, basically, Ooh, right. the day job yeah. that we all aspire to. So anyway, sorry about, Absolutely. about that. Absolutely. <laughs> no,
1: but I completely got that. But I just wanted to make it clear that, yeah, I'm based in the UK. And uh, so, yep. yeah, so this was, it was really interesting. So it was a dream that I had where basically I was sort of, in a corridor and, oh no, I was sleeping before. I was sleeping and it felt like I was sleeping, again, out of body experience. So in my dream, it was like I was sleeping and then rising out of my body and, and sleeping on top of the desk rather than sleeping on the floor. And then I found myself in a corridor and then in this room where this big, bomb went off or a blast it was like a big blast and it felt like maybe gas or something and and it sort of woke me up and brought me down to earth but this was a dream so it was a dream within a dream if that makes sense and then um And it stayed with me. It made me feel like, okay, I need to get out of here. Because at the time I was working, um, not doing what I loved. Because what I really loved at the time, I really wanted to be a therapist and really work one-on-one with people. And really help, uh, you know, deal with emotional, psychological uh, issues. And I was working, sort of working with staff development. And so in that moment, um, I thought, this is a wake-up call for me to actually really pursue the life that I really want and to not just keep on following you know like my idea of what I should be doing and actually following what I really love to do and find the courage to follow my dreams but very shortly after I was in uh, in the office, and everybody else had gone. They'd gone off to go and have a tea break, and I was. And I'm
0: sorry, you're about you're about how old at this time, Hema? Uh
1: So I would have been 26 years old.
0: Gotcha. Time. Okay. Yeah,
1: so 26 years old. Everybody had left the office. I was there. I just wanted to finish up a piece of work before I went and joined them for tea break. All of a sudden, a massive explosion, and I was sat in the middle of two windows, and the windows came blasting out and and such a terrible noise and you know it was like just didn't know what had hit me but it reminded me of my dream and it reminded me that it was this sense of you know past and future doesn't exist everything is one time exists in the moment and we are able to tune into what has happened what can happen and what will happen and what is happening currently. And so in that moment, when that happened, I mean, obviously it was devastating for all the people. You know, the blast was pretty big. It sort of knocked out a hotel and knocked out lots of Mm -hmm. buildings, mainly the glass. And
0: this was there in London, correct? It
1: was in London, yes, central London, Mm -hmm. Kensington. And so in that moment, um, I realized that this was my sort of consciousness saying to me, You need to leave here. This is not the place for you anymore. And it is definitely time to get out before there are more wake-up signs. You know, for me, it was a real wake-up call. And I didn't need to wait any longer. So very soon after that, I left and and pursued my passion. And here I am now, doing what I need.
0: You're like, I'm I'm listening to the detonation of the bomb. I think that's a pretty big sign that I need to follow my heart. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
0: Speaking of that, I'd like to read a quote real quickly that you've put out there that says, quote, In my work, I see how when heart and earth energy align, we can experience positive transformation, enriched relationships, greater authenticity, improved health and vitality, and a deeper sense of purpose, unquote. What's the first step that we can be doing in in aligning heart and earth energy?
1: Um, So I I think it's really very much about clearing the heart space. So we hold in our heart um, electromagnetic energy of experiences that have either not been processed fully or experiences that don't hold or resonate the truth. And so one of the things that we need to do is start really, really getting in touch with all the patterns that show up in our lives, really paying attention. The two stories that you asked me to just share just now, Steve, you know, those are patterns. And what I mean by that is that that car accident absolutely had to happen for me to really be able to step into my power. And I think... Too many people get stuck in trauma. They experience certain disappointments or things where things go wrong and they hold on to it and shut down their hearts and think that's a reason not to move forward. Um, Whereas for me, I think when those things happen, there's a pattern there for us to wake up, to look at and to actually grow as a result of those experiences rather than let it limit you. And so how we live our lives is very much about the questions we ask ourselves. And I think some of the questions we need to ask ourselves to align ourselves with our hearts is, what keeps showing up in my life? And what is it that I don't like about it? And what can I do about it? You know, because we're not victims of our experiences. We are empowered by all of our experiences, but it's up to us to make a choice as to what we want to do with those experiences. So either we can shut down as a result of negative experiences and keep chasing positive experiences, which is what the world is taught to do, or we can face those negative experiences and make a choice to keep on genuinely, authentically living a more positive life. And so it's really about really looking at ourselves and really facing ourselves and really getting to know ourselves. And that level of authenticity, for me, comes from a sense of knowingness when we're truly aligned with ourselves and therefore the Earth's electromagnetic field and therefore the cosmic electromagnetic field.
2: That reminded me, I've heard of it Other authors and speakers talk about similar things to what you're saying, and that totally rings true. We all have that inner truth, which I know you speak about a lot. And the author, Glennon Doyle, she calls it her knowing, which I also think is a good term for it. But it's like that just inside voice that points us into the direction of what is true for us. And some of us call it God or the universe or whatever it may be, they're knowing or anything. We all have that. It's so universal. But it can be really challenging to listen to that as well, to just focus on that voice and hear it and make decisions in your life based on that.
1: Absolutely. And that's why it's so heart-centered for me, because the heart represents courage. And it does take Mm. courage to step out of our patterns. It does take courage to trust that inner knowingness especially when we're living in a world where a lot of the outside world is saying something different you know when the world is saying no mm-hmm. come on you're onto a good thing you know the job that I had was sort of you know a job for life basically it was one of the uh, working in civil service so you end up you know you're pretty much guaranteed a a lifetime mm-hmm. kind of job and so people think well that's mm-hmm. a good thing to do it's like well, not really, because not if that's not where your heart is, not if your passion's not there. And so a lot of times, you know, that inner knowingness, that real deep inner knowingness will always guide us to something better. But I think we do have to have that courage because often it goes against traditional thinking or, you know, popular thinking until it doesn't.
0: Well, yeah, because to your to your point, that government job or that that regular job pays the bills. So that's the next thing we have to deal with is the reality of, okay, my heart and my passion and my purpose is to, for example, in your case, you want to work one-on-one with people. You want to change people's lives. You want to teach people about the heart and the mind and the body being all connected and so forth. But that can be scary because now I've got to be an entrepreneur that, and that can be awfully scary for a lot of people. So, so any advice for people out there that, that, that maybe they know what they love, but, but they, you know, they have a mortgage or they have a a young child that they need to take care of and they're a single mother or a single father and, you know, they've they've got to make a living as well. So any advice for, for them to how to navigate those waters?
1: Absolutely. So the first thing I would say is that, you know, for me there is power of intention. And when we have a clear intention about where we want to be, then I think the universe really supports us to get there. So if you are looking to transition from working to being an entrepreneur and, you know, finding your own way in the world, then when you have that intention, you don't have to leave your job immediately. What you can do is start putting the wheels in process, you know, getting the wheels moving and having that intention to go, where do I ultimately want to be? And and to realise that sometimes, you know, yes, it's a journey to get there, but that can probably more than pay your mortgage. You know, if you really follow your heart, then I think that really the genuinely believe that the universe supports us. And but you have to have a clear pathway, you know. And so it's getting yourself prepared to make that transition, be prepared for, you know if you have to work and save up for six months so that you know for six months you can work on your business before you transition or however you might do it. But, you know, if we're talking sort of about, you know, the kind of universal energies, I really believe that if you really, really want to do something, then put that thought, put that energy, put that intention into it and then allow the universe to show you the way rather than limiting yourself by thinking, I can't do it, it's too scary, I need to pay the mortgage, I've got a child to look after, I've got, you know, dependence or whatever else it might be. That is focusing on the negative. Instead of facing the negative, Think well, okay, let's face the fact that we all have to pay a mortgage, we all have to pay to live. So that's something I have to face. And if I want to face that, well, I want to make sure I can do this, Give me the answers. What are the ways that I can make this happen? And I've seen it time and time again. In know, 30 years I've been practicing one-on-one and then moving into groups and mentoring. And I see it repeatedly. Those people who take those courageous steps, even if they don't know how they're going to get to the final point, but they know what the final point is that they want to get to, um, it always pays off it always pays off when we have clarity and when we have commitment and we're willing to do what it takes to get us there.
0: Love it. Wonderful answer. Mm-hmm. You also teach about the importance of, especially in kind of today's crazy world of getting back to integrity and of course, getting back to the heart. And so with so many things going on with COVID and just massive political divide. And there's so much misinformation out there that's dividing all of us. And so many of us are just trying to figure out what's true and what's not true with all of this that's that's out there. And, And some of the stuff that you talk about just really resonated with me because it's been just a little over a year ago that Aaron and I sat down and said, Let's do this thing. Let's do a father-daughter podcast and get out there and 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 talk to these thought leaders and these incredible people that are doing things to help make the world a better place and and all those things that you talk about. We were feeling, you know, confused. Uh, the misinformation that is out there. Getting back to that space of unity where truth and integrity are valued more than money or perceived success, as you said. Because that's essentially where the world got lost. How do we get back to that space of integrity and truth in our lives?
1: Um, I think we have to start valuing humans. We have to start valuing people. We have to start valuing relationships. We have to start valuing uh, the feminine energy, the heart energy, you know, all the things that I think we've slightly lost touch with over time you know i love you know i love what you're doing you know the fa- father daughter podcast the fact oh care. thanks pleasure yeah so lovely and you know that's so important you know spending time together why is it that work has to be separate from our family life or relationships or love you know it can all be integral as far as I'm concerned the more love we bring into all areas of our life the more heart we bring into all areas of our life the more connections we focus on as opposed to the bottom line as opposed to all the things that we feel we need for security you know when we talk about taking care of ourselves or taking care of dependents and taking care of mortgages and food bills and all the rest of it All of that keeps us stuck in survival mode. And when we're in survival mode, we're contracted. When we're contracted, we are not living the best life possible. We're not living a truthful life. That is just a very basic element of life as far as I'm concerned. It is an important part of our lives. But we need to step out of that and start really kind of growing our consciousness and really bringing in, the feminine qualities that have been relegated in the past in terms of business business is where we spend most of our time and business takes over so much of our lives and it has taken over so much of people's lives and the need for security has gone bigger and bigger and bigger because there's so much we can consume that it's never quite enough and so we're always kind of on some level, a lot of people, majority of people, I would say, are struggling in some way or another. When we come back, as far as I'm concerned, to integrity and truth, by by taking that time to connect with people we love, and by taking the time to connect with what we love, to connecting to the heart space where we grow in our terms of our empathy, in terms of our compassion. It's no longer, you know, if you don't do this, you're out. If you're not doing this, why? Why do you think this way? Where is the, you know, curiosity? And where is the, you know, genuine dialogue? That's been lost. People are so quick to jump one way or the other, and should you dare to disagree with them, then there's, you know, there's a a real war. Like, you cannot go there as if you're attacking them personally. And it's like, no, it's not personal. For example, at work, you know, if you're struggling because you have some personal issues, why is it that you can't take it to the space of work and say, look, I'm struggling, I need time off, or whatever it might be, Because when you treat people with more love, more respect, then you are going to get more integrity. Then you don't have to keep a lookout for how they're doing and what they're doing. They will perform because they know they're being entrusted with something. And, And for me, I think... Trust is so, so important, and trust cannot thrive in a space where there is secrecy, where there is lack of transparency, where there isn't a connection. The more connected we are with people, the more we allow them to have space to be themselves, to say, I'm having a bad day, or I'm having trouble, or I need help, or whatever it might be. All the things that are big no nos, you know, when we're out in the world. It's like you speak to somebody, How are you? It's It's a big no-no to actually say, I'm not doing great. You know, it's such a, uh, you know, rolls off the tongue. How are you doing? I'm great, thanks. You know, are they? Are they really doing great? If we want to have more integrity in the world, if we want more truth, then I think it starts with, you know, how we conduct ourselves and how businesses are conducted, which is with a level of authenticity and the space to be authentic. Because that's what's Mm -hmm. been taken away. It's like, no, you just don't do that. You don't talk about certain things. You don't go to certain places. This whole, you know, COVID situation, there's so many things people are not allowed to talk about, you know. And where is the debate? Where is the curiosity? Where is the truth? Because we are all individual and we all have to get to our truth. And one truth is not true for everybody you know, sometimes what's right for me is not right for you. And what's right for you is not right for me. We have to value people, we have to value their differences. And we have to value all of who they are, not just one mask, or you know, how they show up.
2: I completely agree with everything you just said. That's so true. And I'm just thinking about all of the co-workers out there at different businesses who have worked alongside each other for years and years who probably don't know each other very well. I know I've witnessed that as well in previous jobs and that's so sad to me. I feel like it's so important to make connections with the people that you work alongside with who maybe you won't always agree with but we're just we're all just human and we're always craving connection and togetherness and all of that. Absolutely and you know if you have genuine connection
1: like you know a little bit about their personal lives you're not wasting company time actually it creates more cohesion because you have more trust because you really know you ask somebody how they're doing they really are able to honest answer honestly then you know that they're going to be honest about other things If they can be honest Mm -hmm. about that, if you say, How are you getting on with the project? they're going to be able to be honest and say, Well, hey, to be honest, I haven't, I'm not going to meet that deadline or whatever it is, which is so much better. What's the point of
2: pretending?
1: And so, Yeah. yeah, I think we could all do with knowing each other. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And think of how much enjoyable work would be if you know that you're coming into a safe space with other people, surrounded by people that you trust. That's so important. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: If we could shift gears a little bit and talk about nature, is that important to you to spend time in nature?
1: absolutely for me it's so so important and you know and I know that it's not always possible for people to to be out in nature and so I think it can always bring nature to us so one of the things that I get asked about is like if you're living in a big you know apartment block and you don't have a park nearby or you can't get out in nature um, of course we can all step outside but you know plants and various things are all part of nature animals you know part of nature so for me it's so so important it is a foundation of who we all are Um, you know we now know scientifically we're all made up of the five elements that every living organism is made up of earth water fire air, air space and so you know for me When we are in nature, there's an intelligence in nature that allows our hearts to come into coherence with our own true nature. You know, so, for example, when you stand around a a tree, again, science is proving this, that you know, there is a heartbeat, there's a palpable heartbeat. Does it bleed in the way that humans do know? Is it a heart in the way that we know a heart to look and feel like? No. But if you really stop and listen and, you know, there have been sort of experiments done on really being able to listen to plants, listen to trees, listen to the grass, and they create a vibration and that vibration using algorithms, they've turned it into sound and sound is so beautiful And if it's a dead plant, you know, it has no vibration. So we know when it's alive and when it's not. And for me, it's so important because I think that when we are around other energies, our hearts come into coherence with them. And so when we go out in nature, there is such a natural, authentic kind of vibration and, and the opportunity to absolutely be yourself because the tree is not going to judge you for being you any more than, you know, the sea is going to judge you, a uh, plant is going to judge you, you know, bed of roses, they're not going to judge you, but they will vibrate and they will have permission to be exactly as they are vibrating exactly the energy they're vibrating with. And I think that brings us into coherence with our own heart energy, gives us permission to vibrate at that, our own authentic vibration. And that gives us our nervous system, it calms our nervous system. I think it gives us the opportunity to step into space where ideas, creativity, uh, decision-making flows more easily, all of these natural kind of benefits flow from being around and in nature. And so for me, it's so
0: important. Amen. I feel so fortunate to live by an ocean and I I grew up in the Midwest. So I grew up around a forest and we had woods that we would go and play in all the time. And it was just incredible. And living here in California though, no matter how bad a day i am having if i walk down the street and jump in the ocean and there's something about feeling the currents moving me around and and the energy in the salt water and the waves going over me that that is just unbelievable and i feel i just want everybody in the world to feel that too to at least once go if you don't live near an ocean go and swim in the ocean and because never do I feel more connected to our planet than when I'm in water, especially in an ocean where you're feeling the currents underneath your feet. You're feeling completely that you know a part of Mother Nature. And when I walk out, whether the sun is shining or it's cloudy or what have you, I feel like a new man. And so there's something magical about it. And because... So many of our guests have taught us that we are nature ourselves. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, love it. Absolutely.
1: And do, do you love that? You know, the fact that, you know, so many people are saying the same thing. And I love how ideas are in the air and people. People just catch them when they're ready to really feel them. And so the fact that so many people are speaking about this, when I used to speak about it many years ago, because I I run retreats in India where, you know, we're just surrounded by, you know, there's something so special, like you say, about the sea and, you know, just being Mm -hmm. surrounded by that kind of natural naturalness of, you know, nature. And and at the beginning, it was a bit like a a weird concept people are like well yeah i love nature but what's that got to do with you know the problems i'm experiencing at work or whatever else might be going on and i love that now so many people are speaking about the fact that we are nature and nature is in us and we are in nature and therefore the more we connect with it the more we connect with ourselves and so the disconnect has come from, you know, the concrete jungle we've built up around us.
2: right? Totally. And you mentioned earlier clarity and finding clarity within yourself. And a lot of times I've witnessed nature bringing that to me in my life, you know, when I'm caught up in stress or whatever it is or all of these decisions I have to make in my life. When I just take a step back to be present, whether it be in nature or whatever, I It does tend to bring me back to clarity which is important
1: Um, absolutely and that's where we can use our imagination as well Erin you know because of course we can't necessarily always take time out of a busy working day and you know to go in the ocean or go and find Mm -hmm. some woods or whatever it might be Um, but we can certainly close our eyes and just you know imagine that we're in that space and because again the mind doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's not. It doesn't know the difference between time. So therefore, you know, it's timeless. It's beautiful.
0: So we can close our eyes and take a walk in the woods anytime we want or jump in the ocean anytime we want, to your point. Yeah.
1: Absolutely.
0: So how, I love this question, also shifting gears. We have so many things we want to cover in so little time. (laughs) But, so getting back to kind of the real world, how do we do less and achieve more?
1: Well, Perfect segue into that question, Steve, because I... I think so too. Because <laughs> I would say it is about meditation. Meditation is really the key for me because when we take time to go into our inner world. For me, meditation is just that. It's about going into our inner world rather than the outer world. You know, we use all our senses in the outer world and we try and make sense of a linear world that we live in, an object world. When we go into our inner world, anything is possible. In our inner world, we are able to be you know, in the middle of a deep blue sea, even if we're hundreds of miles away from the coast. But we can do that because that is the power of the mind. And so for me, using meditation to really go into ourselves, to get in touch with our true self, the more we are able to connect with our true self, the more we clear space in our hearts around things that are holding us back, limiting thoughts, feelings, memories, beliefs. As we clear space, we become magnetic. And it is that magnetism that attracts into our lives everything and anything you need. Um, so we don't have to work so hard in the physical world. This idea that we have to do so much to get to where we want to get to is actually kind of wrong. And it's leading us.
0: Counterproductive. It is. I would agree. Completely
1: counterproductive.
0: What are your thoughts on, because meditation is relatively new to me. Over the last 10 years have I started doing it on a semi-regular basis. And over the last year, after having a few of our guests on, for example, Christian De La Huerta, who did a, a TED Talk on breath work. And so I've also started to incorporate some breathing exercises into my meditation, and that has been just amazing for me. I had no idea the power of breath work and how it can change how you. I, I'm I'm reading this book, Breathwork, by Andrew Smart, and it has it just goes through a bunch of different types of breathing exercises from Wim Hof and so many of these kind of leaders in this, in this area. But there's a type of breath work called three part breath where it's, you breathe through the diaphragm, the chest, exhale. So it's lower upper exhale. And you do that laying down with your mouth wide open, taking in as much oxygen as you can pretty intensely and this experience I mean 10 years ago I would have said this is crazy wacky stuff and I did this for the first time a few weeks ago I laid a yoga mat down and laid down and and I thought I'm gonna try this and it says try it for 20 minutes to start because it's gonna feel really weird at first and I thought I'm gonna try it for 30 minutes because that's how they recommend you work up to and I thought I'm gonna if I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do it and everything it talks about was so true that it's going to feel uncomfortable at first. And it did. For the first five or six minutes, I'm breathing in heavy, breathing out, taking it in this air, letting it out, had the eye shades on to block out any light. And I'd read about lobster claws that, that you can, and I've never experienced this until this time. After about seven, eight minutes of doing this, I just felt a tingle, tingles all over my body, just was vibrating. And then sure enough, I felt, and I just kept on trudging through it and because it was work for the first five, six, seven minutes. And before I knew it, my hands, I had for the first time in my life, the lobster claws. They felt so heavy, I couldn't even lift them. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. And I just kept on going through this. And and all of a sudden, I just felt, felt this pure i don't know how else to describe it but love just pure joy and elation in this deep relaxed state that i was in but with my cells and my organs feeling so oxygenized and and then i'm i'm getting goosebumps even talking about this cuz it was that powerful for me and and then i felt like the tears going down my cheek that i was literally you know crying from this experience but tears of of joy because it felt so amazing and this is something again to your point that I never would have thought that that just closing your eyes and meditating and allowing your subconscious to relax and, and allowing love to enter it's it's just an amazing powerful experience. I don't even have a question for that, but I just wanted to share that with you. Uh,
1: I mean, I I really love that. And I think that that's the thing that, you know, again, these are things people take for granted. They think that, you know, but I'm breathing. I wouldn't be alive if I wasn't breathing. And it's like, but there's so much more to breath than just breathing. In our everyday life, of course, we're all breathing, but there are different levels of breathing And so, really, really being present to ourselves is so, so important. And, you know, that experience of joy, that experience of, you know, love that you felt, that is what we're all ultimately seeking, right? Ultimately, whenever we're trying to do so much, really, it's that experience of real sense of love, that sense of connection. And it doesn't take much to find it because it's within us.
0: It does. And that, what you just said right there, Hema, is what I was just going to say as well is that what, what it teaches us is that I think so throughout our lives, we search for love as kind of externally. We want people to love us. We want our friends and our family and our, our girlfriend or our husband, you know, to, to love us. And What I am learning is that love is within us. And if we can find love within ourselves, then it's so much easier to, and and it just enhances our lives to share that love with someone else as well. In fact, I love one of your mottos that you talk about, and I have it right here, is quote, the greatest gift we can give to, to humanity is to heal ourselves. Oops. And I think that's that's wonderful. And, and that also is over these first three seasons, now in our fourth season of this show, that Aaron and I have learned is that it, it's not only to make the world a better place, do we need to go out and do tasks? And that's what I thought our show was kind of going to be about. Amazing humans that are going out and doing, don't get me wrong, incredible things. Starting foundations, raising money for foster children for cleaning up the rivers of the world doing amazing incredible work but what I didn't expect to learn is how important it is to focus on ourselves and being a kinder better more loving human all the things you've been talking about today that one could argue collectively is the greatest thing we all can be doing to make the world a better place
1: Absolutely. I love what you just shared there. Thank you so much, Steve. What I would say out to that is that, you know, that is really um, the things that people are going out there and doing, all the amazing things, you know, when we're inspired to clean up the oceans or to, you know, start a foundation to help homeless children or refugees or whatever it might be, wherever... We get moved to do in the outer world because that is so important. Starts from really having enough in ourselves. So, when we heal ourselves, when we have so much love that we look at the world through the eyes of love, we see what is wrong with the world, not through the eyes of criticism, but through the eyes of love, where we go. Okay, so that's something that needs to be improved on. And that's something I want to give my attention to. And so, you know, healing is still the foundation for me, because when we heal ourselves, we create more space. And it's that space that gives us the inspiration and the energy and the real kind of motivation to go out and be a force of good in the world. And that is so, so needed. But it starts with ourselves because if we don't have that sense of enoughness and we're burning out doing stuff for other people or for the world, eventually we, we, we can't keep going. And if we wanna make it sustainable, then I think we have to start with ourselves. And, and that's why for me, to make the world a better place, it starts with. Know us, and it starts with really connecting with our humanity, connecting with our hearts, connecting with what makes us who we are as individuals, but also who we are collectively, because we are connected we are united whether we like it or not we can put up walls and we can think there are barriers and we can look at our differences but when we look through the eyes of love we realize that you know you are made up of the same five elements as i am and as every living organism
2: is wow
0: wow that's really powerful Beautifully said. In fact, one question that we end every podcast with is what advice do you have for us and our listeners on how we can help make the world a better place? And you just answered it, I think. I think you just answered it. It starts with us. It starts with ourselves. It starts with love and kindness. And and another word that you used a little bit earlier that I think is so powerful and so true and that is curiosity when we are out in the world and we have a difference of opinion or a different belief shifting to curiosity instead of judgment has been really really powerful for me you know to ask a new person that you meet can you tell me a little bit about why it is that you you feel this way i really want to learn and it's it's amazing how you know so many wonderful people believe completely different things and are so powerful and feel that so powerfully with those different beliefs. And, and I think looking at it from a point of just being more curious about our fellow humans and less judgmental, uh, I think, is a huge step in the right direction as well.
1: Absolutely.
0: So in closing, is there anything you would add to that with regard to what we can be doing in our daily lives?
1: just you know taking the time to really connect with our hearts I I really believe that the hearts contain the truth of our destinies you know why we're here our genuine purpose not the purpose in terms of who am I you know how can I succeed in my career but our purpose in terms of to humanity how we are here to be of service and so the more we make time to understand the heart energy, to understand, you know, that the heart is, is much more than just an organ and that it is a portal to cosmic intelligence. It is a portal to love. It is a portal to humanity and, you know, to really make time to connect with that space within us because that's what unites us, our hearts.
0: I can't imagine a better note to end this on than what you just said right there. Hema, thank you so much for coming on. It truly has been an honor and a pleasure having you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you both. Really appreciated it. Wonderful talking to you both.
2: Special thanks to our guest, Hema Vias. To learn more about her and the work she is doing, you can visit hemavias.com. Thanks to our producer, Noah Sister and editor, Joe Tapoko. Our music was written and performed by Nadia Importate. Thank you so much for listening. If this podcast brightened your day in any way, please subscribe and leave us a review. If you have a suggestion for a guest or have any ideas on how we can improve our show, please send us an email to podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at betterplaceproj for updates on our show. Look for small ways to be kind to others this week, and that will help make the world a better place.
0: Make the world.